goes like Hello and welcome to Tales from the Highway. It is May 11th. Um, I am Ferrari Queen of the Highway, and I do have the Suicide Messiah Mark Mandrake with me. Hey. Uh, this is just a short introduction. Um, uh, WWE Backlash pay-per-view is coming up on Sunday, but there really was nothing super notable this week that added to the pay-per-view. We had already talked about some of the matches that were coming up, and... Um, I, I don't want to, like, I mean, how many times can we say WWE sucks? Um, <laughs> like, um, we will do a recap of Backlash after it happens next week. Um, but being that it is May, and May is mental health awareness, um, this podcast episode is going to be dedicated to mental health awareness in combat sports in general. So we will be talking about pro wrestling and, and MMA, so it's a joint effort between our Tales from the Highway podcast and our Outbreak MMA podcast. Yeah. Um, we will be talking about our own personal mental health, especially you will be talking a lot about what you've gone through. Um, but we will be touching on other things, you know, different athletes, um, some of the different wrestlers and different MMA stars and things like that. So, um, you know, and I kind of hope that this is another crossover episode that helps us get some wrestling fans, you know, interested in MMA and MMA fans interested in wrestling. Um, We do appreciate you all listening to all of our podcasts on the Outbreak Podcast Network, Um, Tales from the Highway, um, Outbreak MMA Podcast, and A Great Day for Freedom. Um, So I hope that you guys are not necessarily enjoy this one, but appreciate it for what it is and maybe learn something or um at least get some sort of um support from the fact that you know everybody struggles in life so um you know it doesn't matter if you're a famous athlete or you know just somebody you know living their life day to day um you know, we all go through struggles and we should all be here for each other. Um, so, you know, let us know what you think about this one and, um, you know, just message us or, you know, tweet us or Facebook or whatever. And, um, yeah, thanks for listening. All right, guys, we want to welcome all of our listeners back, our Outbreak MMA podcast listeners, our Tales from the Highway listeners, um, Whichever one you are um, coming from, um, I am Ferrari, Queen of the Highway. I have Suicide Messiah, Mark Mandrake, with me. Um, We are now going to do um, probably a fairly long segment on mental health awareness. It is May, which is Mental Health Awareness Month. Um, We're going to touch on probably some you know, MMA fighters and some wrestlers who have been kind of vocal about um, their struggles with mental health. But a lot of this is going to be our own personal experience. Um, And I do want to just go ahead and start this off by, you know, everyone struggles in life. If you are having a mental health crisis or you are having suicidal thoughts, there is a national suicide prevention hotline. 
It's 1-800-273-8255. I hope that nobody has to, but please, if you are having thoughts of that kind, please call that number or reach out to somebody that you trust. Um, I, I think it's a little cliche to say that suicide is a permanent solution to a temporary problem, but it is kind of true. Um, what happens in life, we all go through our ups and downs. There are plenty of people who have jumped off of the Golden Gate Bridge and things like that that have survived, who have said as soon as they jumped, they realized that this was a stupid idea and that their problems could be solved. Um, well, in the past, especially in the past year, um, yeah, with been, lockdown and everything yeah. and, and this COVID pandemic, people, I mean, have struggled with this. This is a different situation for everybody. Um, I want to touch on that too. A little yeah, bit. we'll talk about that. I, I do want to say just because unfortunately you and I have had a lot of personal losses, not just in the last year, but in our lives. Um, and, and this is like even, even death that's not intentional. Dying is literally the most inconvenient thing that can happen to your, your family because of all the bureaucratic bullshit that goes into it. Yeah. Um, and, and that's not to make anybody feel guilty, um, or upset about anything, but the way that the laws work when somebody passes away and having to deal with, especially if you're an adult, dealing with banking and home ownership and, and, um, even if you have a will, like where your possessions are going and money that has to go to the state and taxes and, and different filing fees. And it's all a bunch of crap. Um, yeah, they make it all, they, they, they make it more difficult for you to die on, <laughs> yeah. on for you to die than for you to live sometimes. Right. And, and that's not to make anybody feel guilty or make anybody upset about, anybody passing away, but just because we have, I mean, we've lost all of our grandparents, you know, pretty yep. much since we've been together and we've seen our family struggle with that. We've had friends that have passed away and watched their family struggle, not just with the loss, but then with dealing with all of the crap afterwards of notifying banks and notifying subscriptions and, you know, and having to um, rework you know, I mean, credit cards and, and loans and, you know, utility bills. And it's, it's just ridiculous, but we do want to not get on a tangent. Um, if you are struggling with mental health, please seek out help. Um, whatever you're going through, somebody else has been through and can help you. And even though in the moment it seems like the end of the world, uh, guys, I had a huge anxiety attack last week because we had a plumbing issue. I know what it's like. I lost my, I lost my damn mind. Mark, Mark will tell you. I like my whole yeah. weekend was ruined because I was so upset that I couldn't fix the situation and we had to wait for somebody to come repair it. And I felt like it was, it was so stupid. I should be able to fix it, but I didn't know what I was doing. 
and I felt like I was stupid because I didn't know how to even explain what was going on. You know, it anxiety and depression can just blow up like that. And we've both been through it. Oh, yeah. And it, it does. I mean, it, it can totally just ruin your day, your week, your month, you know, your whole year. I mean... And, I mean, speaking about COVID, I mean, we've been in lockdown, like, well, everything's opening. Uh, pretty much everybody's given up on lockdown at this point. But we've had COVID restrictions for over a year. And it's bringing out the worst in some people in different ways. Yes. So, did you want to talk about that right now? Well, kind here's, of- here's the problem with... Let me let me give a little bit of a background so people know. Um, I feel like Cy Sperling. I'm not. I'm I'm not just the owner. I'm a client. Um, <laughs> but no. Uh, seriously though, um, I have anxiety one, two, club for men. <laughs> three, three, four different degrees in yeah. in psychology or. Counseling. Uh, neuroscience. Um, yeah. You know, counseling, it goes into that. You know, um, and neuroscience does play a role in that. I'm probably not going to hammer all that heavy on that aspect because I really don't want this to be a CTE thing. No. But we, it, we will, will touch on it. it. Yeah. Um, that being said, I also myself have been diagnosed with panic attack disorder. Um and I have what's called bipolar two. Mm-hmm. Um, what that is is uh, bipolar one. You have really low lows and really high highs, and the high highs are not necessarily a happy time. That's when you're you're manic. You might go out and pull out all of your bushes. You might uh, go on a massive shopping spree. Uh, you might decide to go and gamble a whole bunch of money. You might decide to go and, and sleep with anything that moves. I, mm-hmm. I mean, I, I yeah, yeah, it manifests in different ways, and and you really should be on medication. Well, mine's different for bipolar one. Yes, bipolar two, you should be on medication too. But um, bipolar two is a little bit different. You don't have those really high highs, and but but you do have those really low lows, and when you have them. Uh, sometimes they last a week. Sometimes they last three months. Right. Well, I, um, I can say, like, what your manic is, is that you inundate yourself with work. Yeah. Or projects or anything that you can do to distract yourself from your depression. Which sometimes is actually just as bad because... You almost shut the world out completely unintentionally. Yeah. And, and I mean, this is like people that have been described as workaholics. Yeah. A lot. Not all of them, but there's a good portion of them that are probably bipolar too because they're using work as a way to cope with the depression. Yes. Or ignore the depression. Um, and you, I mean, I, we're going to get personal here. I mean, you definitely do that. 
Oh, yeah. You know, yeah. I, I, when I'm depressed, like, I'm one of those people that, like, I very much enjoy doing nothing. Like, when I need to, like, relax, like, I put on music and I zone out. Or, you know, sometimes I, I will. Like, if I'm, if I'm not, like, completely depressed, like, music, music is really my coping mechanism a lot with my depression is if I have music on, I can usually get through most things. Um, if I'm not having like an awful day, if I put on music, I can dance around and make myself feel better. But I also will use music to zone out or like, um, games like candy crush, like tedious activities like that, you know, to zone out and just forget about the world. Like I'm not a workaholic. Um, and that is the one thing that's different between the two, the two of us that can sometimes cause not conflict, but it's just a difference because yeah, when you're having a hard time, you want to, you know, you want to just do all the work, you know, you want to do this and do this and do this and do this. And when I'm having a hard time, I want to sleep or veg out or you know, read, like, I want to, like, zone out. So that's the one difference between you and I. Yes, and, I mean, things have changed over the years for for both of us mm -hmm. um, for different reasons. You know, with me, um, you know, it's no secret that, you know, I, I, I have to walk on crutches at mm -hmm. some point. You know, there's a very real chance I'm going to end up in a wheelchair, and hopefully surgery will fix that. But right now... I don't have any hope, you know, um, and, uh, you know, that, that's, that's a depressing thing. I'm in pain 24 seven, 365 mm -hmm. days a year. I am on pain medication. Um, and addiction is also part of mental illness. Yeah. And one of the things that I do, am I dependent on the pain meds? Yes. And mm -hmm. people are going to hear that and they're, Oh, he's an addict. No. Dependency means that you need to take something to maintain a certain level within your body before you suffer symptoms of withdrawal. Mm -hmm. So let's say that you drink five cups of coffee a day, you know, mm -hmm. and, and, and that's not unusual. I know plenty of people that drink five cups of coffee over the course of a day. Right. Well, because, uh, I mean, this is an aside. One cup of liquid is eight ounces, and yeah. most people fill their coffee cup up with one to two cups of actual coffee. Yes. So five cups of coffee is two or three mugfuls, and almost everybody that I know in Buffalo, <laughs> like, drinks at least two cups, two mugfuls of coffee a day. Yeah, so. <laughs> and that's... but. The point I was trying to make is, let me say, let, let's just for an example say, okay, you know what? You can't have anything with caffeine mm -hmm. anymore. Okay? You're going to suffer withdrawal. Yeah. Whether you realize, and it may not be, although five cups of coffee, I, I'm assuming you're, you're going to definitely feel it. And it could be anything from gastrointestinal problems to headaches to... Uh, sleeping sleeping issues. issues, nightmares, what have you. Um, that means you're dependent. Does it mean you're addicted to it? No. It means you're dependent. Where addiction, addiction is taking more than your 
your prescribed or more than uh, you're supposed to to achieve a high. Um, and you will literally do anything. Yeah, you'll to get that. Yeah, you'll steal. You'll you'll do whatever it takes to get that high. That is your top priority. And yeah, nothing else matters at that point other than getting high. You know, and that's why I say, am I dependent on on certain medications I'm on? Yes, I am. Because if you took that away, I would go through really massive withdrawal symptoms. But am I addicted? No, there no way do I take any of my medications to feel a high. No. Um, as a matter of fact, if if we want to be perfectly blunt, the medications I'm on really don't work very well at all because they don't really take away the pain. And my doctor wants to put me on stronger pain medication, and I've said no. Yeah, well, um, and I mean, we've talked about that in the past, that you eventually are going to have surgery and you're yeah. going to need pain control with that surgery. And if you max yourself out on pain medication now, how are you even going to get through surgery? Yes. Now no. I want to go back. You mentioned about COVID. I want to mention mm-hmm. something about COVID. The lock, the, the, the lockdowns and wearing masks. And then you have some people, uh, pressuring you into not wearing a mask or wearing a mask mm-hmm. or getting the vaccine or not getting the vaccine. And then if you decide you don't want to do what they're doing, they call you stupid right. or whatever. Look, you have to live your life for you. Um, the responsible way is to wear a mask. And quite honestly, if you feel safe with the vaccine, to get the vaccine. Right. And I stress that because if you were to come to me and you say you're not getting the vaccine because you want to see independent studies saying that it's safe, I won't argue that fact with you. If you were to say, I don't want to get the vaccine because I'm afraid they're going to put a microchip in there, I'm (laughs) going to probably refer you to talk to a specialist because at that point, Look, anybody that has a smartphone, anybody that uses the Internet at all, anybody that turns on their car, because cars now have computers. Even most of the newer TVs, the smart TVs, I mean, yeah, if you're connected to the Internet in any way, you're already technically being tracked by somebody, you know, whether it's, um, you know, they're just collecting your data for advertising um, which Facebook and Google do a lot of. Um, but yeah, I mean, the whole being tracked thing. Yeah, if you have a cell phone of any type, they can kind of pinpoint where you are. Um, but yeah, with COVID and the lockdowns, um, most neurotypical people enjoy being around other people in a social setting. Yeah, And when they're not able to do that, they can go a little crazy. Well, we're different because we like to be alone. Yes, and and what you're going to see, though, is once society starts getting back to quote-unquote normal, Mm -hmm. you're going to start seeing even more mental health issues because it's a change. Any- well, we, we've kind of seen that. I mean, I don't want to get too political, but the, for most of 2020, there were no 
mass shootings, like school shootings or, you know, people who went out and shot out churches or anything like that. And once restrictions were lifted, 2021, we've already had... What was it? I, I don't have the number now, but at one point it's it was like daily. 45 mass shootings in yeah. like a month and a half or something. Uh, yeah, it's it's almost daily. And, and the thing is, is it, that, that's not necessarily a political thing, though, because if you look at those people, look, if you're going to go in and you're going to shoot multiple people, you definitely do have a mental illness. And most mass shooters have been diagnosed as having mental illness whether it be schizophrenia whether it be bipolar whether it be you know uh massive depression what have you and they usually are on medications and the thing is is once you're on those medications and this goes back into the dependent Mm. addiction you know Mm -hmm. explanation your body needs to maintain those levels you have what's in your brain what's called neurotransmitters and that's where Certain chemicals, such as serotonin, um, and I use serotonin as an example because if you've heard of medication called an SSRI, um, they uh, they affect the serotonin uh, uh, uptake neurotransmitters. And a lot of these people, they go off the medication. And once you go off those medications, not only do you have the original symptoms that you had before you were on the medications, but they're even worse. And that's not to excuse any of these mass shooters. Look, no. any mass shooter is wrong. Mm-hmm. It is wrong, and that person needs to be dealt with. But I, I do, I, I, you know, a, a lot of people are like, well, they, they should just be shot. No, because we need to study them to find out what's pushing them to the edge so we can hopefully prevent it in the future. Yeah. Unfortunately, in this country, medical, you know, uh, mental, mental health in general is it's not stigmatized as much as it was 10 years ago, 20 years ago, 30 years ago. Um, you know, no, we can we can openly talk about mental illness, but there is still some stigma to it. That oh, there is. You know, there are still people who don't believe in you know going to see a psychologist or a therapist or a psychiatrist. Um, there are still people like I mean, we use the term crazy. You know, it's it's not quite as rampant or as disrespectful no, as I... it used to be, but um, you know. Um, what is it? One in four people will suffer a mental illness uh, in their life. I think now it's actually gone up to one, one in three. three. I might, but don't quote me on that. Because I mean, because here's the thing: it's as simple as a long-term depression, and it could be from a breakup or a divorce, or a loss of a loved one, or mm. losing a job, or you know, going through a traumatic event like. This pandemic and the lockdown, you know, depression is not an abnormal thing. We are, as humans, like, we are, we we feel emotion. No. But a depression that's lasting, was six it more than, more than six weeks, that's a problem. You know, I mean, you're, you're allowed, it's kind of like that, you're allowed to feel sad, but then suck it up, buttercup, and do what you can about it. And it's, yeah. it's not... 
that simple sometimes, but if you are feeling that way for more than six weeks, you need professional help. Yeah, and that's, I mean, that that's straight out of uh, what, as practitioners, we use what's called the DSM. I, that's um, why, are we still on the DSM five? Are they yeah, are they coming out with a six? It's that's, gonna be a while. They haven't they, they haven't announced it yet. I'm I am not I am not officially trained in psychology. You might as well be though. But I have an honorary degree in psychology because I read all of Mark's assignments and all of his papers and edited everything. The DSM five and everyone I know who works in mental health hates the DSM-5. No, and, and and I actually know one of the doctors that contributed to the mm-hmm. DSM-5. Uh, in particular, one of the most controversial parts of it, which is the autism spectrum, mm-hmm. because he specialized in in autism. Um, he's one of the top doctors in the, in the world when it comes to autism. Mm-hmm. And even he doesn't like the DSM-5. Right. Um, I'm actually kind of surprised they haven't published another addendum to it, um, changing things. But what it used to be is uh, the autism spectrum used to be broken down. So there was high functioning, low functioning autism. There was Asperger's. You know, it, it, it was an umbrella and it covered certain things, but it broke them down into certain diagnoses. Now it just autism. So even if you have Asperger's, which is usually highly functional, um, you have autism. That, that, that's well, just the they, way they what, look at it. Yeah, in the DSM. and that's what what they did. It it I struggle with that one because they pretty much say that autism is a spectrum, and that instead of being like you're autistic, you're not autistic. It's that you're severely autistic where you're not functioning as a normal human being or you're, you know, moderately autistic, you're mildly autistic or Asperger's or you're neurotypical with maybe some autistic qualities or you're neurotypical, which reading more into it, I, I at least have some autistic qualities well, you know, and or Asper, you know, like, you know, the antisocial and, um, you know, um, I, we'll go into this. My boss has called me Rain Man for years because I'm good at math. And I didn't understand what she meant because I had never seen the movie Rain Man that um, Tom Cruise and um, my brain is not working because I've drank. Dustin Hoffman. Dustin Hoffman. I love him. Um Dustin Hoffman plays an autistic person and he is great with numbers. He, you know, they're in a restaurant and the waitress drops the box of toothpicks and he knows exactly how many toothpicks are on the ground. Um, what happens at work because I'm a veterinary technician, I work in an animal hospital is we have to calculate drug dosages and my boss will say, Oh, I need, you know, this patient's weight divided by 2.2 to get kilograms and, times this dose and what and divided by this milligram and I'll have the answer before anybody can even punch it into a calculator. And she was calling me Rain Man and then when I finally watched the movie I was like, Oh I do have some autistic qualities. I would not be diagnosed autistic. No. 
but I can understand why they would call it a spectrum, just like gender and sexuality are on a spectrum. Well, it's not. Here's the thing, you though. Know, that's the thing. They took away the spectrum. And that's, right. and that's part of the problem. Now... Yeah. So, I, it's, it is. It's very... It's very frustrating. Because it depends on who's contributing to the DSM. And, you know, things are always changing in, in, in health and in science. You know, we're always trying to get the newest and best information. Yes. But sometimes it doesn't quite work out. I... I, I do want to kind of gear this, though, towards things that people can relate to a little mm-hmm. bit more. Um, a lot of people can relate to depression. Mm-hmm. And the way I've worded it to people, because it's funny, because, and and I don't mean funny in a ha-ha way, more of a, like, more of a interesting way, mm-hmm. uh, that, you know, come certain weekends... I know that Dr. Mandrake is going to end up, you know, be on the phone right. most of the weekend because certain people are, especially if somebody close to all of us, like somebody in the wrestling community, for example, um, has passed away, right. you know, um, especially if it was something along the lines of suicide, you know, um, and I, I, it's interesting because a lot of times friends will look at me like the sound voice of reason, not realizing the fact that I'm suffering as much as they are. And Mm -hmm. I have to put my suffering to the side because I'm trying to help them understand Mm -hmm. the, you know, what, why, or you know, the what's or the why's. And sometimes we don't have those answers. Yeah. You know, um, sometimes we do. You know, a, a friend of ours unfortunately committed suicide, but his suicide note left a very explicit explanation as to why he did it. Yeah. And the sad thing is, is it made sense. I yeah. don't say I agree with him. No, I don't I remember that because you and I were like, I get it and everybody else is like i don't understand why why you know and if you've never been in that position and you've never felt that way i mean it's it's really hard you know i use the term neurotypical i really like that because it's Everyone goes through sadness in their life, but a lot of the people who don't suffer from clinical depression don't understand that you can't just, like, snap out of it, or you can't just ignore it sometimes. No. You know, sometimes it is crippling. It is, like, you stay in bed for days or weeks at a time. Or you go through the motions of life, but you have no passion whatsoever for what you're doing. No, and 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 that honestly is one of the biggest problems that many people suffer from is is they don't necessarily have a, a passion. One of the things that I used to have to do to get me through 
a semester mm-hmm. of school or to get me through uh, 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 certain classes that just and there were there were certain classes that that I I, I would break down and cry at the end of the day mm-hmm. because they came that close to breaking me and what I had to do uh, is okay when we're done with this this is going to be my reward yeah. whether it be we we go on a vacation whether it be we go on a cruise whether it be I buy a, a, a new PlayStation game you know whatever right. You have to find whatever it is that's going to motivate you or make you, not necessarily make you happy, but give you a reason to, to make it through another day. Like Mm -hmm. I, and you know, the different, like you, and it's, it's not a bad thing, but yeah, you value like things like that, like goals, like. Like, going on vacation, or getting a new TV, or getting a new video game, or, like, you you like things like that. And that's, there's nothing wrong with that. Whereas I, you know, like, a lot of times, like, okay, I'm done with work for the day. Like, as long as I can have a drink, listen to some music, watch my favorite TV show, I can get through, you know whatever and see i'm not like that right i hold on to things and that's and that's everybody's different yeah everybody's different it's not saying that one thing is better than the other or one thing is right and one thing is wrong it's whatever motivates you i mean i've seen it's it's silly but you know like you've seen the pictures of people who are trying to get themselves to study for final exams and they put a piece of chocolate in between chapters and things like that it's whatever gets you through whatever you have to get through. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, like I said, it, it's everybody. I'm, and, and this is where, you know, we mentioned about combat sports. Look in wrestling and in MMA, you take shots of the head. Mm-hmm. You are more prone to depression. If you participate in those sports, be, and, and many doctors believe it's because of the shots of the head. So my depression is a little bit different than people that haven't taken 30 plus chair shots of the head. Well, because you know? it, I mean, you've caused brain damage. Yeah. And I that's, mean, and, and anybody, I mean, anybody who, if you just think about it, common sense wise, anytime you bump your head, I mean, you, you hit your head on, a door or, you know, a cupboard or anything like that, you are causing some sort of minimal brain damage. Yes. And then to think of, you know, getting hit with a steel chair or a a barbed wire two by four or being thrown through a table and even the, the, the ring. And even if you want to talk about MMA, I mean, we've seen those MMA rings. I mean, they're, oh, they're worse. a lot stiffer. They're than worse the than the wrestling rings. So if you hit your head on that, yes, you're, you're definitely going to cause some at least minimal brain damage. Hey. Um, and I'd like to—I don't want to interrupt you, but I also want to talk about the adrenaline rush of being in front of a crowd, whether you're a pro wrestler or an MMA fighter or a musician or an actor or a performer of some sort. Being in front of a crowd 
and the adrenaline rush. I mean, even like, you know, um, pro skateboarders and, and, you know, um, BMX riders and motorcycle riders and, um, um, car race, you know, um, like NASCAR racers and things like that. The adrenaline of doing something like that and then coming home and being normal. It's an adrenaline dump. And, and, you, and you, it, it, it contributes to your mental health problem. Yes. What happens, and even though we've been uh, locked down or stuck at restricted. home. Or restricted. Whatever you want to call it. Um. I used to have a problem when I wrestled where it didn't matter if we had a, a van full of people on the way to the next show or on the way to the hotel or on the way home, driving home at night, I would feel totally alone. Mm -hmm. um, because again, you, you, you can't, you know, especially up North when you're drawing seven, eight, 900 people, 1,000 people. Yeah. Um, you can't replace that, you know. Um, and now what I notice is, is, you know, even if Ferrari's laying in bed at night and I'm up playing video games, it gets to be 2, 3 o'clock in the morning and I feel all alone, you know. Um, and that's when the depression kicks in. And... Sometimes it's just for that night. I go to bed and wake up and feel fine. Um, then there's other times where that depression sometimes lasts me up to, you know, three to six months. Uh, and it sucks. And, you know, one of the things that we, we discussed off air before we went on, and, and Ferrari said that she wasn't going to ask me this question, was, you know, uh, should she ask how often I think of suicide? And I said, go ahead and ask because most people do think of it. And I think it's very important to point out that thinking about something and acting on it are two very, very different things. Mm -hmm. um, do I think of suicide? Yeah, actually fairly often. Um, does that mean I would ever do it? Uh, no, I don't see well, myself yeah, ever acting a, on it. There's a difference between thinking about There's a lot of people who, and yeah. you know, it's not necessarily that you're trying to kill yourself or anything, but for people who have mental health issues or who have suicidal thoughts because I still have them too, but I recognize them as, you know, okay, that's me going, okay, well, everything's going wrong today. I might as well just kill myself. And then I go, okay, that's my depression reacting to, you know, we've had a lot of rough things happen today. Let's see what we can take care of and make better. See, and that's different than mine. Because right. with mine, it's that I'm going to leave some personal situations in my life out of it 
in some of the struggles that I'm dealing with. They're not necessarily psychological struggles. They actually are struggles with the state of Florida, with, you know, other things. That plays into it. But the other part that plays into it is there's certain loved ones that have passed away that I deeply, deeply miss. And to me, if I was to die, I'd be with them. And um, would I ever act on it? No. Um, I, I, I would never act on it. But do I think about it? Yes. Frequently. Um, and I, 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 you know, the, the question I'm sure at this point that's probably coming up in some people's minds are, well, are you going to a therapist or getting help? Um, I wish I could tell you that, yes, I am, but I'm not. And that's one of the next things that I kind of want to address is it's real easy to tell people to go and get help. The hard part is it's so difficult to get good help. Doctors, you know, psychiatrists want to just throw medications at you. Mm -hmm. That's, that's what they want to do. Uh, psychologists will actually sit there and talk things out. And I found that that works best for me. may not work best for other people, but that, that works best for me. Some people need medication. Yes. Um, the, the problem is in, in this country especially is mental health care is a sector of our health care system. Which and is our health care system is broken because it is completely for profit. And unless the pharmaceutical companies can make money off of whatever's going on with you, they don't want to deal with you. Yes. And, and that's something that really needs to change in this country. Uh, I'm not saying that mental health care is amazing anywhere else in the world because there still is that cultural stigma in a lot of places. Even though it's getting better as time is going on, there's it, still that, it, it, oh, you, it, you're going to a psychiatrist. It is, but... but. I think, and this is just my my opinion. I I think the past, I think the past ten years have actually set us back a little bit because yeah. it's gotten to the point where people are like, oh, you're you're you, you know, in particular, and, and this is not to downplay women suffering from depression at all mm-hmm. because they suffer from it just like men do. Just as much as men do. And sorry, guys. Guys, you suffer from it just as much as women do. Yeah. Um, I, 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 when it comes to mental health, um, I'm not going to say they're equal because there's differing reasons and triggers and, and, and so on and so forth. But as far as the intensity, sorry, guys, you're on equal footing with women there. So if you're one of those... Guys that are like, oh, I'm better than women. No, no, no you're not. You're you're pretty much on a level playing field here. Mm-hmm. And the the fact is, is society now has gotten to the point where I'm a real man. I can say what I want, and you know, yeah. No, no. The the fact is, is is you're not. 
we're all equal. You know what? Men, women, we're, we're people. We're all people. Mm -hmm. and, and sometimes all it takes, instead of actually telling someone, well, get over it, Sometimes all it takes, and I'm gonna I'm gonna tell a story that actually I think is a very important story. Mm -hmm. um, sometimes all it takes is just being kind and giving yes. someone even a few minutes of your time, just to say, "Hey, it's gonna be okay." And I, you know, Ferrari and I run a a, a head trauma uh, uh, group on Facebook. For those that have suffered head trauma. Now, it doesn't necessarily have to be from sports. It, it can be because you've fallen and gotten a concussion or from a car accident or what have domestic you. Domestic abuse. We yes. have some people. Yes, we have some with domestic abuse. And, and the thing is with that group is I make it very clear. Whatever happens in that group stays in that group. So that's why I am not going to name who this is. They message right. me privately. Um. But it's important that I tell this story. And, and, and they know that I do tell this story because I think it's important that people hear. Uh, they were having a really rough, rough time of it uh, at that point in their lives. And so they, they messaged me actually looking if I knew of any place where they could get help. And... I spent a good portion of, of a night just talking with them online. And as it turns out, and I found this out about a month later, that person was going to kill themselves that night. And what stopped them from doing it is seeing that people actually care. Mm -hmm. You know, um, sometimes all you need to do is just smile and say hello to someone and that might be all the change that's needed for that person at that particular point in time. That's not to say that they're not going to need help later. That's not to say that they, they, they shouldn't seek out help. Well, it might be the inspiration for them yes. to go. And, and, and I think that's, that's really important. You know, mm -hmm. I, I think people need to realize that what you say or how you act towards people does make a difference. Yes, everybody has a bad day, and and, yeah. and and I think everybody realizes that. But sometimes, no matter how bad your day is, just sometimes trying to smile and say, hey, how how, how, how you doing today? Right. You know, is, is enough to help that. Um, I, I know that that's, that's helped me in the past. Mm-hmm. You know, when, when I think that pretty much everybody in the world sucks and having someone actually show that they care. Now, yeah. one of the worst things that that, that can happen, and, and this happens to me consistently and fairly constantly, is when I reach out for help. But, see, I, I'm not, I'm not going to say, hey, help me. Because the couple times that I did... I got blown off. Yeah. And at that point, it was like, no offense, but screw you then. If you really don't care, then I really don't want to bother with you anymore. Um, so now you can tell 
I, you know, if, if someone's on my personal Facebook page, you, you can tell. If I post certain music, that means I'm having a really rough night and I really could use some help. And I can tell you right now that the people that reach out are very few and far between. Mm-hmm. And now, could it be because I'm not obvious enough and be like, hey, I need help? Yeah, it could be. Could it be that people just don't want to get involved? Yeah, it could be. Or it could just be that people just don't care. I don't know. I wish I could tell you I knew. I don't know. Well, I'd like to talk about, like, social media and the media a little bit. But social media in general, there's almost this... It's not really an anonymity, but there is some anonymity, like, you know, we could call them keyboard warriors or whatever, that sometimes people feel like what they say online doesn't... It's not like... I want to say it doesn't carry as much weight, but they think, like, they can just put it out there and it's not a big deal. You know? There's people who cyberbully or whatever, you know... And, I mean, this goes for regular people and celebrities and athletes and whatever. Um, And the way that the media portrays certain things. I mean, if you want to get into, you know, somebody who's definitely had mental health issues over the last 20 years especially. And has been not necessarily demonized, but profited on by the media because of her mental health issues is Britney Spears. Yeah. You know? And so not only do you have a mental health issue, but then the media is capitalizing on it, and there's really nothing you can do about it, and it... If they demonize you, it makes your own struggle worse. For some people, yes. You know? Yeah, for some people. Um, but yeah, I mean that's just that's just one example of I mean, you know, the way that the media can can affect things. I mean, even on day to day, I mean, we're not like famous, but we both have had, you know, haters, you know, oh, I've online had- and, you know, people who have talked crap about us and it's I mean, some of it was people that we knew. That yeah, we and, thought were friends, and you know, it's and and I've had people that have taken shots at my mental health, and mm-hmm. so, you know, from a wrestling aspect, I I instead of getting upset about it, I embraced it and I used it as part of my wrestling persona. Right. Um, guys, I I I I hate to tell you this, but typically speaking, over the past. Five years, years at yeah. least. What you see in the ring, as far as me being, I hate using the term crazy, but well, that's... yeah, I mean, in the ring and on promos and in vignettes that we've taped and things like that. I've actually had to tone myself back because when I actually was real, I got told from a WWE legend that you know 
This is too real. You you can't yeah. do it. Yeah, this. this is too much. You can't you can't be this crazy. And it's like, but that's how that's my legitimate Yeah. Like that's like, how I live my life. Like You you wanted me to be me and now you're telling me that me is too 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 crazy or too yeah. realistic. And it's like so I had to tone it back. But most of what you've seen was actually me. You know, I, I, I don't hide the fact that I'm sick. Yeah. You know, I don't hide the fact that I have mental health issues. Um, I don't talk about it all the time. I, I, you know, this is one of the few times that I do. Um, it's, it's one of the things that I will do in, in, in May. Um, I, 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 I think though, you know, and I'm, I, I want to wrap it up because I, we, we are okay. going qu quite a while. But there 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 is a couple things I, I, I want to say that are I think really need to be said. First off, if you're going through anything, uh, depression, um, anxiety, um, you know, anything like that, um, take a step back. Take a few deep breaths and try to put everything into perspective. You are not the only one going through this. Other people have gone through it. Other people are going through it. And other people will go through it. And one of the things that does help me is I always look at it like someone has it worse than me. Um, because if I look at it that way, then it kind of helps me put it in perspective that, okay, if other people can survive this, I can survive it. Um, that helps a lot for me. And, and, you know, hopefully it will help for you. Um, if you believe it's too much for you to handle, uh, then again, Ferrari gave out the beginning of this, the, the number for the suicide hotline. I can pull it up again. Um, and she's going to pull it up again. Call them. They're there 24-7. They will help you. They, they, they will help you as much as they can on the phone, and they will help get you in contact with the right people to get you the help that you need. You know, um... Uh, and, and do you have the number? I do. Yeah. The national suicide prevention hotline is 1-800-273-8255. Okay. Thank you. And, you know, finally, while this is great that we're bringing mental health awareness to the forefront in May, guys, please realize that mental illness is something that people suffer 365 days a year. 366 during the And one of the worst times is the holiday season. Yes. Between Thanksgiving and Christmas. Yes. Because the holidays are when you you miss loved ones that are gone. You, if, if you're having relationship issues or financial issues or job issues or anything like that, it, it, it comes to the forefront or seems worse than it is because... You want to be able to buy gifts for people and you want to be able to enjoy the holiday season. Um, so it's like you said, it's not just May. It's all year round, 365 days a year. Um, check on the people that you care about. Yes. Um, and, and like you said, I mean, just say hi to people when you walk by them. Smile. Say good morning. Um, I do that when I'm walking the dog every morning when I see... 
neighbors and stuff, you know? Just say hi. Well, it's important. Just be-, be a decent human being. Because just by doing that, that might be the change that's needed mm-hmm. for that person to... You know, and we all, we all like, like and love react to the videos on social media of people paying it forward and, like, you know, somebody, you know, says good morning to somebody and that person goes and holds a door open for somebody and that person goes and helps their neighbor pick up their garbage can or whatever and that person goes and pays for somebody's coffee and that person goes and, you know, helps somebody with their car that's broken down is, like... It's a chain reaction, you know? Just be a decent human being, and one small act could literally turn into change in the world. Well, not, you only, know? not only that, but someday you might be in that position. And that smile or that good morning or somebody helping you pick up your garbage can in the morning could literally be the thing that stops you from doing something that you shouldn't do. Yes. So, you know, again, I know this was long. Um, I think I, it needed to be. I mean, we could go on for hours yeah, about this stuff. We um, could. Um, I, if I, you guys have, please comment. Please message us. Um, we can, you know, we can check in again, you know. Yes. Yeah. I mean, we didn't even, I mean, we got into a couple little examples. But, I mean, I had, you know, several celebrity examples that I was thinking of. I mean, like, Sasha Banks, you know, went through, you know, some issues, um, you know, trying to get through her career. I know Braun Strowman in WWE had some mental health issues because he felt like he wasn't getting what he deserved and he was working so hard. And, um, I know that there's plenty of MMA fighters who have struggled with, you know, their mental health and their sports um, psychologists now to help. Yeah. Um, I mean like Rose Namanunas, um, you know, even Ronda Rousey, um, you know, Conor McGregor, I mean, was probably more of a substance abuse issue, but you know, that ties into mental health. But again, you, you know, you, you have a lot of them that, that, that have now hired sports psychologists to help them mm-hmm. not just envision, you know, winning, right. but also to help them with the downside, you know, um, that, that they go through. Uh, you know, and again, we're all people. At the end of the day, we all have emotions. We all have feelings. We all have thoughts of, you know, okay, fine, we'll break away from the suicide thing. I mean, maybe someone pisses you off and you want to smash their face in. Uh. You know what? That's a perfectly fine thought. It's not the thought that's a bad thing. It's the action. That's the bad thing, you know, and our actions are what is actually the part that, that, that can cause the most damage. Uh, they also can do the most good. They, they, they can be the most helpful. They can do the most harm, but they can also be the most helpful. Uh, so um, real quick, we'll, we'll close this down. But one, one more thing I'm going to add. Look, I've, I've said before, and I said this last year, too, and we never got to it. I don't mind going over my whole mental health history. Um, And there's a lot of it. And a lot of it that probably is going to really bother some people. I don't mind talking about it. But 
I'm not going to talk about it unless I know people want to hear it. Um, and so the best way, if you want that, you know, comment on this, comment on it on the, on the, on the Facebook page or comment on it. I know you can leave comments, I believe for, uh, uh, for podcasts on Apple, uh, possibly even on Spotify as well. Um, you know, like, uh, like the podcast, comment on it, tell us what you want to hear. If, if you really want me to go over that, I will. Um, again, primarily this is either for Tales from the Highway, which is the wrestling page, or the MMA, uh, um, the Outbreak MMA podcast. So we talk about those two sports. Uh, but again, I will do this again and go through all of my mental health issues and what's helped me and, 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 and so on and so forth, if that will help other people. But I'm only going to do it if people comment and say, yeah, look, please do that because I, I, you know, it may help me or it may help someone you love. Right. Well, I know? think it boils down to, you know, we don't do these podcasts just to listen to ourselves talk. No, we to be honest, do, they're a pain in the butt sometimes. We, we do these podcasts to connect with people, to bring you information, to, um, you know, get your feedback, um, to let, you know, I mean, yes, to let you know what's going on, but also to just connect with you. Um, you know, whether it's Tales from the Highway, we try to, you know, talk about wrestling stories in addition to what's going on in wrestling now. Um, the MMA podcast, you know, what's going on in MMA, but, you know, uh, social issues that go with that. And then the Great Day for Freedom, the political podcast, it's to, to make this world a better place for everybody. And I think that's, I, I don't know if everybody realizes that that's what we're trying to do. I mean, we're just two people, but, you know, we're just trying to connect with everybody so that... Yeah we can open the conversation and open information to everybody. Yeah. And it's gotten to the point where, where, you know, look, if you want to hear something, you got to let us know. Cause yeah. if not, we're just going to keep on talking about how WWE sucks, how AEW set wrestling back 30 years <laughs> and how Donald Cerrone should stop fighting. Um, mm -hmm. you know, and, and how, Joshua Fabius should be locked up. He should be locked up. Uh, and if you follow the political podcast that, you know, um, right now Republicans are in shambles and they really need to reevaluate their situation. Yeah. And Democrats, if they're going to step up, they better do it now. So, yeah. so <laughs> thank you guys so very much. You guys have a wonderful night. We will uh, hopefully be back uh, roughly about the same time next week. Uh, and again, please like comment, let us know what you like. Let us know what you don't like. If you hate what we say, fine. If you love what we say, fine. But let us know either way. Um, again, everybody have a wonderful evening, and we will talk to everybody next week. like